Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Dear listeners, since it's February, the month of love, we're talking about love again. We're going to think about what the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 4, verse 19, where he says, We love because he first loved us. John talks a lot about love in his gospel and in his letters. He especially talks about love among believers. That was one of the themes of Jesus' teaching that John especially picked up on. For Jesus and for John, love for the neighbor is the proof that someone is a real follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, we can say that for them, it's the only proof that someone is a follower of Jesus. Of course, that doesn't mean that they don't care what we believe, or that as far as they're concerned, it doesn't matter whether we believe everything that God says in the Bible, as long as we love. They certainly expect us to believe that the whole Bible is true. But we don't have to choose between those things as to which one is most important. They belong together. They're two sides of the same coin. That's what Jesus said in John 13. He told his disciples, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. A disciple of Jesus is someone who believes in Jesus Christ and in everything that he taught. And Jesus says, This is how people will be able to see that you really believe in me. You will love each other. That's the promise of the gospel. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you're grafted into him, like a branch is grafted into a vine. When a branch is grafted into a vine, the life of the vine flows into the branch. It's the same with everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. He called himself the true vine. And he said to the people who believed in him, Your branches that have been joined to the true vine, and my life flows to you. And the way that you can see the life of Jesus in believers is that they love their neighbor. They care about their neighbor, and they show it by making sacrifices to help their neighbors. This is what John is saying in the text that we're focusing on this time. We love because he first loved us. John isn't talking here about romantic love between a man and a woman. When he wrote these words, he was talking to a whole congregation, not just husbands and wives. So he's talking about the love that all Christians have for each other. John is really explaining where the life and the fellowship of the church come from. He's explaining how the church came into existence and what the church really is. The church exists because the life of Jesus Christ flows into believers, and so they love each other. But exactly because John is talking about the church, because he's talking about the life and the character of the church, these words apply to all of our relationships, including our marriages and our friendships and our families. This love that John is talking about is something that is unique to believers something that can only exist among believers. I'm not saying that only Christians love each other. It might seem like it's becoming more rare today, 
But we know there are husbands and wives and friends and parents and children who love each other. But no one loves anyone the way God loves us. Last time we heard about what John wrote in chapter 3 of this letter, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. John is saying that's how we found out what love really is. We didn't know what love is. We had no way of knowing what love is until Jesus Christ, the Son of God, showed us by laying down his life for us. John says the same thing a little differently here in verse 10 of chapter 4. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation, you could say the payment, the sacrifice for our sins. John says this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Can you imagine that, he says? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, laid down his life for us, for people like you and me. The Apostle Paul was amazed that Christ would do that. He says in Romans 5, While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't wait till we measured up. He didn't wait till we were worthy or showed that we deserved it. But while we were still weak, Christ died for us. And Paul says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, although perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Maybe we would say that there are people worth dying for. The people we love, for example, especially our children. We would die to save their lives. And maybe there are people out there who would actually die for strangers, for people they don't even know. Soldiers and policemen and firemen put their lives on the line for the sake of other people every day. So there are times and situations where people are willing to die for others. But who would die for us? if they knew us? Who would say, I'll give up my life, I'll give up my future for you? And who would ever die to save their enemies' lives? That's what Paul means when he calls us sinners. He doesn't just mean that we're people who do some bad things. He means that we're God's enemies. We're inclined by nature to hate God. But God sent his Son to die for us. Who would do that? Why would he do that? That's love. It gives itself away. It lays down its life. It sacrifices everything for the other. It has only one aim and one purpose. To do at any cost what is good, what will help the other. Even when the other person is absolutely unworthy of such a sacrifice... That's the love that believers have for each other. John says we love each other because God loved us first. When John says this, we love each other because he first loved us, he's not just saying our love for each other is our response to God's love for us. He's not just saying we're so thankful for God's love that we decided we should love each other or we know that we should love each other. Or, God set such a good example in the way he loved us, and we're following his example. There's nothing wrong with saying any of those things. Given the way God has loved us, 
We absolutely should love each other. That should be our natural response. And we definitely should follow the example that God has set. John says those kinds of things in other places in this letter. But that's not what he's saying here. Here, John is saying something much more wonderful than that. He's saying, God's love for us has produced this love in us. This is the fruit. This is the result of God's love for us in Jesus Christ. This is what his love has done for us. And that means we love each other as believers in Jesus Christ. We love each other because we're connected to Jesus Christ by faith and he lives in us. John wrote in the first part of his gospel, To all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So here he's saying, we love each other because we were born of God. Born of God means he brought us to life in Jesus Christ. Our life comes from him. And it's the same between us and God as it is between children and their fathers. Their fathers have passed on their life to their children. The father's life flows in the veins of the children, so to speak. And you can see the character and the appearance of the father in the children. They resemble him in their looks and in their behavior. And John is saying, that's where our love for each other comes from. And that's the kind of love it is. It's not human love. It didn't originate in our hearts or in our minds. The love that we have for each other is the same as the love that God has for us. Our love has the same DNA as God's love, you might say. It's not just that we like spending time together because we enjoy each other's company. It's not just because our personalities are so well matched or because we have so much in common. It's not just that we're attracted to each other. Our love comes from heaven itself. In verse 9 of this chapter, John wrote, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. And that's the kind of love that we have for each other, the kind of love that God showed when he sent his Son to die for his enemies. Last time we listened to the words that John wrote in chapter 3 of this letter, By this we know love that he laid down his life for us. That's the kind of love we have for each other, the kind of love that Christ showed when he laid down his life for us. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. John's talking about eternal life. When we hear that expression, eternal life, we think about going to heaven when we die, and living in the new heaven, the new earth, when Jesus comes again. But eternal life isn't just what we're going to get, what we're going to have then, sometime in the future. Jesus said in John 5, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He has passed from death to life. What is that eternal life? What's it like? What does it look like when a person has eternal life? How can you tell that someone has eternal life? The essence, 
the heartbeat of eternal life is love. That's the life of heaven. That's the heartbeat of the life that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have with each other. And when you were born of God, that's the life He gave you in Jesus Christ. So when you say, we love because He first loved us, you're saying, we're living the life of heaven here on earth. People talk sometimes about having a marriage that was made in heaven. Believers have a life together that is made in heaven. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. We wish we were. Our life together as believers isn't always easy. It's not like one of those fairy tales where everyone lives happily ever after. Sad to say, but we believers still sin against each other. And the Bible says that believers have enemies, the devil and the world and our own flesh. And our enemies hate the idea that God shares his life with us, that God makes us love each other the way he loved us. So in one way and another, especially by tempting us to look out for ourselves and to ignore each other's needs, by tempting us to put ourselves first, our enemies are working hard to undermine the fellowship that we have with each other as believers in Jesus Christ. And it shows. We have to admit that sometimes there's a lot to be ashamed of in the way we treat each other. But we have the promise of the gospel. We love because he first loved us. By grace, through faith, we share in the life of Jesus Christ. We share in the life of God. And so we will love each other. We were born of God. And so we will love each other. And others will see it. John says, No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. In other words, people will be able to see what God is like when believers love each other. Pray that the love of God will fill us, and that others will come to know him, because we love each other. Thank you for listening.